If you're out there right now and you struggle to take compliments, you're probably actually not humble. You just don't believe in yourself. And there's a fine line. There's a fine line between being humble and just not believing in yourself. I want to earn success more than I want to be handed success. I, I am not entitled to success. You, you never own it. The rent is due every day. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, NLU Weekly Live Podcast, week number 112, the top 10 traits for a next level life. So imagine if you could find a book that outlined what traits the most successful people in the world had and they shared. That is a book you would probably study and you would find a lot of value in. Alan and I have been studying this industry and studying humans and studying success in order to figure out what makes a next level life. What do you have to do to get the most next level life? That is what we're going to talk about today. Warren Buffett has a really cool thing where he says, if you're in a classroom and you look around at the other students, and you could have 10% of what each student earns. You can pick one. You can only pick one of the students. And you can have 10% of what they earn in their lifetime. Who would you bet on? Who would you choose? Now, when Kevin and I say success, we mean holistic success. Health, wealth, life, and love. So not just financial success, but success holistically. And so whether it's friends or family or mentors or mentees or clients or customers or whatever, everyone you've ever met, think about in your head, we are all a warning or an example. We're a warning and an example. And think to yourself while we're doing this, what are the character traits of the people that you would bet on? Most likely those character traits represent some form of virtue. I think of life in virtue and vice. I think of character traits as virtuous and vice. And so we're going to talk to you about the top 10 traits for a next level life, but essentially the quality of your life is going to be ultimately determined by the quality of who you become. And uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. So Alan and I, both, I actually have a fake, a little fake plant now too. <laughs> this is nice. Frank, the fake plant. Alan has a fake plant behind him as well. The reason I have a fake plant is because it is very, very hard to grow something that you don't know. I have no idea what kind of plant this is. And if you're listening to the replay, it just says mini plant for indoor decorative use only. Don't know what kind it is. If I don't understand this plant, if I don't understand how often it needs to be watered, I don't know how much sunlight it needs. I don't know if it needs extra nutrients. What are the odds that I can grow this thing to a mighty, mighty tree in my studio? Very, very, very little. Very, very, very small. My initial personal development journey started when my girlfriend at the time, however many years ago, left me. And when she left me, 
I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. The opposite of that was hyperconsciously. I stopped saying whatever, and I tried to turn my whatevers into whys. I really wanted to become self-aware. I wanted to become hyper-conscious. I wanted to know why things were happening. And for most of my life, I didn't. I just kind of ended up where I ended up. I felt like I was living by accident and not on purpose. And I kept focusing on that. And I, it actually got to the point, and I've, I've told Alan this, I don't know if I've ever said this, but there was a girl that I was dating and I remember she texted me one day and she said, Kev, you think way too much. Like sometimes you just got to go with it and understand whatever is kind of whatever. And I remember that was the last time I ever talked to her. I was like, okay, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't going to work obviously. And my appetite for self-awareness was way different than hers. So that is my first thing. The first trait for me, number one, that has helped me have a next level life and live a next level life and continue to grow and be able to dream chase for as long as we have. But I've seen this in other people that if you don't understand why you're acting the way you're acting or why you're thinking the way you're thinking or the results you're getting are based on your actions and your beliefs and your understanding, you're probably not going to get to the next level of your life. You're probably going to end up a lot like me in thinking, okay, why am I where I am? If you can turn your whatevers or your so what's into why's, that is a very, very, very good first thing to do in order to live a next level life. That trait for me is kind of the through line of our business. It started with hyperconscious. We still talk about hyperconsciousness all the time. And that's something that we practice every single day. And that is, if I could only pick one, I would say that. That is the number one trait for me for a next level life. So I remember I had a mentor <clears throat> a long time ago, and this was a, a very close mentor of mine. And he was the CEO of several tech companies. And I'll keep it anonymous, but I was always picking his brain constantly, 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 constantly. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I worked for a company called iRobot, and he was the COO at the time of iRobot. And essentially, I would always pick this man's brain. And one of the things that I, I would ask him was, I'll give you an example of the question I asked. I said, okay, he was kind of acting CEO as well. And I said, what's the biggest challenge for the CEO of a tech company? And he said, honestly, Alan, it's, it's balancing the long-term strategic thinking with the short-term profitability of what the shareholders need. And so I've, I've always been insatiably curious. I remember I used to watch a show called Friends. Everyone's heard of Friends. And if you remember the scene where, um, and Kev, I don't know if you ever watched Friends or not. Only no. with you. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. When we travel, we watch Friends, Nick at night after a long day. Uh, and we may or may not eat in and out burger. But anyways, so there was this scene where Ross, uh, Phoebe had, had mugged Ross when he was a kid and he had a comic book and it was uh, a comic book that he wrote himself. Uh, I think it was Science Boy was the, was the name of the superhero in the comic book. And everyone asked like, well, what's Science Boy's like superpower? He said an insatiable thirst for knowledge. And I always resonated with that scene because I, I do believe that I have that. I, I, I just want to understand how this universe works. I want to know how I work. I want to know how Kevin works. I want to understand psychology and biology and chemistry and mathematics and statistics and the economy and philosophy and government and why the U.S. does well versus other places and, and all that. I've just been insatiably curious to understand the human condition, to understand how this all works and how it all works together, micro and macroeconomics and all that. 
So the first one that I wrote down is an insatiable curiosity and an obsession with learning. If you are not insatiably curious to understand everything, and Kev, you've witnessed me many times, like ask this simple question, whether it's a guest on the show or even behind the scenes, like what's one thing that I would never understand as a, as a common person who's not in your industry? Uh, one of our clients' husbands is an oral surgeon, and I asked him that question. I've asked pilots that question. Like, what's the one thing that I would never know unless I was a pilot? And that insatiable curiosity has helped me connect so many dots. I think of it like like a comic strip, and you have this this thought bubble above your head, and it's all these dots. It's like a ton, a ton of dots, and those are those dots represent data. And when you get one new dot, it can connect a bunch of other dots. And it's an exponential increase in understanding. And so so if you want to achieve your dreams, you want a next level life, you have to understand how to do that. You have to understand why to do that. You have to understand yourself. And if you're not insatiably curious and asking why and how and where and when, and to the point where I'm quite frankly probably pretty annoying to some of my early mentors, genuinely, I would like text them randomly and ask them questions. You just have to be insatiably curious. You have to want to learn. You have to want to know how this world works and how the economy works and why it all works and how it all works together. And, and obviously, if you're listening to Next Level University, you are curious about the character traits that lead to a next level life. And, and number one is insatiable curiosity and an obsession with learning. Obsession is the word. You have to be obsessed with learning. You have to want to learn it all and understand it all and and. One thing I'll say before Kevin goes to his next point is you have to also have clear specific goals so that you can hone the learning. Obviously, you know, if you're a professional snowboarder, you're not going to be studying basketball as much as snowboarding. You shouldn't. And so, yeah, be obsessed, but also do it in the right direction. You answered my question, Alan. I was going to say, how do you how do you learn how to learn? Like to be obsessed with learning. But I think to your point, if you have a clear direction you're going in, you know what you have to learn. So you answered my question and everybody else's before I got the opportunity to ask it. So if you're going to own your wins, that's something Alan and I talk about all the time. I want you to own your wins. If you win, I want you to not only be conscious of them, but I want you to own them. You also need to own your mistakes. And you'll see oftentimes there's people who are really good at owning one and not the other. I was on a podcast the other day and it's getting pretty weird as we get closer to a thousand episodes when people introduce me because it's, I was referred to as the podcast king, which it was like, oh my God, this is so weird. I don't really like it. It feels good. The ego part of me is like, hell yeah, that is fire. But the other <laughs> part of me is like, ah, I'm just a regular human being. I was, so I was introduced as the podcast king. And this person said, Welcome, you know, Your Highness. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Please, please be seated. After after this person introduced me, they went into, well, you know, thousand plus episodes and all these countries and these listens and this business. And he does this full time and all of this stuff. And he has this amazing brand. And again, all this amazing stuff. And I said, I thank you so much. I appreciate the kind introduction. But again, just like everybody else, we started with one episode a week and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm, I want to be as humble as humanly possible in those interactions because I am just a dude who started a podcast and I am just a mere mortal. The lightning could strike me right now and that could be the end of the Jeff and Jeff show. I try to remain humble and understand things might be good right now, but things will not be good forever. And I will be challenged like I am every other day. And I am... 
I work very hard towards things, but I'm not anything different than you could be. I want to remain humble. I don't ever want to lose sight of that. Now, on the opposite end of that, the other day I had a client call and lost in translation. My client canceled the last call. He thought it got pushed to this week. It actually skipped a week. And he texted me and said, hey, I'm looking forward to our call coming up. And I said, hey, man, I completely forgot to message you and let you know I was in Zoom today and, and uh, you didn't show up. So we're going to have to like skip because I, I don't have it on my calendar. And I sent him an audio and I said, dude, honestly, that's my bad. I completely forgot to message you. I completely forgot to message you. You didn't even know I was in the Zoom room. That's totally on me. And he messaged me back. And this is the first thing he said. Shout out to Aaron. Aaron's a great dude. Awesome, awesome human. He said, Kev, that's one of my favorite things about you, man, is your extreme ownership. He's like, no, that's on me. I definitely remember us not scheduled for this week. Totally on me. Thank you for owning it. That's one of the reasons I, I enjoy working with you because you take extreme ownership. And him and I had a, a loving back and forth conversation after that. If you can balance the humility and believing in yourself enough to say, you know what? I am really good at this. The humility of saying, thank you so much for that compliment. It means the world to me, but I'm just a regular human being. Having that humility to understand that you're just a regular human being, but also taking the ownership when you make mistakes. I think those are two super, super important, super valuable traits, so much so that I put them together. I didn't want to just choose one or the other, but I also think that there's this weird side of humility where if you don't believe in yourself, it's very hard for you to take compliments. If you're out there right now and you struggle to take compliments, you're probably actually not humble. You just don't believe in yourself. And there's a fine line. There's a fine line between being humble and just not believing in yourself. So when I say humility, some of us have to actually work our belief up to that level of humility. And I'm going to talk about belief as well. But my second one is actually two, humility and ownership. Ownership does not make you weak. It does not make you look bad. People will respect the fact that you say, you know what, that's on me. I screwed that up. Because at the end of the day, everybody already knows you screwed it up. So you might as well take ownership for it. And humility is going to allow you to further and deepen the relationships you have in your life. And it's also going to help you communicate with people at a deeper level. And those are super, super important for success. I have a dear friend and client of mine. We were on the phone recently and she's trying to lose, I believe it's 15 pounds. And she's been on this new program for 18 weeks. And she's like, the scale keeps moving up. I don't get it. I'm eating less and less, working out more and more. And the scale keeps going up. And this person has this second character trait in absolute spades. The second character trait that I have written down is extremely high self-discipline and the ability to consistently delay gratification. When it comes to fitness, there are very few things that test you as much as fitness does. When you try to lose weight, your body is literally hungry all the time and you're in a caloric deficit and your body does not want to burn fat. It wants to hold on to the fat in case there's a famine. And so this person I gave her the runway, I gave her the stats, I crunched the numbers, we have an algorithm, we've got a new plan. I said, I need you to do three things. If you do these three things, I promise you, mathematically, the scale will go down, I promise. I need you to exercise for one hour a day, every day, and do not miss. You can do weights or cardio, but do not miss. Okay, number two, I want you to weigh yourself and track your calories every single day. And then number three, I'm going to need you to eat less than 1,400 calories a day. That is it. 
I said, I promise you, the scale will move down. I promise. It's just math. Now, the reason I'm telling this story is I know this person's going to win. She already sent me her her calories. She sent me progress pictures. I know she's going to win, but here's why. She has this second character trait. See, once she has the answers to the game, the three things I said to do, I know she's going to do them. She has extremely high self-discipline, and she has the ability to delay gratification in spades. And when it comes to losing weight, if you cannot delay gratification, you are in trouble. And so that's the second one, extremely high self-discipline. Wanting to go eat donuts and then not eating donuts requires self-discipline. It requires willpower. I do not feel like fasting each day. I do not feel like keeping my calories under 2,000. I do not feel like going to the gym tonight, but I'm going to do it all anyway. And that's because we have a goal by August 1st, Kevin and I, to lose 10 pounds. And we only have nine reasons. Yeah, we only have nine weeks left. And I need to lose at least nine pounds. (laughs) But my point is this. You cannot imagine someone being successful without self-discipline. It's not a thing. And if it is, it's at a lower level than what they're capable of with it. Okay? Self-discipline is not feeling like doing something, but doing it anyway because it's what is best for you. This client I'm talking about is going to win All she has to do is those three things every day. If she does those three things every day, she will eventually hit her goal. And of course, we're going to have to drop from 14 to 13 and from 13 to 12, uh, 1,400 to 1,300 to 1,200 to 1,100, eventually 1,000. And that's going to require even more self-discipline and even more delayed gratification. But that's what it takes to lose 15 pounds in 15 weeks. It's a challenge. It's supposed to be a challenge. That's why so few people do it. I think the... What are they... The definition of... Or maybe it's not a definition, but it's a quote for discipline is giving up what you want in the moment for what you want in the future, something along those lines. And I think that's a good frame for discipline. And again, there's people out there who are going to tell you discipline doesn't work. I think they're probably too far on the, uh, things are all going to work out in due timing and what's meant to be is what's meant to be. That just hasn't been our experience, especially when it comes to, to fitness, you know, particularly. I've mentioned this many times, and in this moment, I think it actually lands for me more than it ever has, but it took me 150 podcast episodes of Alan and I talking and interviewing people and having conversations and being on camera and being in front of the microphone for me to really feel like I was a good podcaster, for me to really believe that I could actually do this, that I was a valuable human being. I was a decent speaker. I could explain things in a way that was digestible for human beings. 150 podcast episodes. It took me a long, long, long time. And that belief that I gained after the 150th podcast episode eventually gave me the belief that was enough for me to step on stage. And that belief that I gained when I stepped on stage gave me enough belief to do it again. And then enough belief to do it again. And then enough belief to host an event. Alan and I hosted an event. And enough belief to do these virtual lives and to do group coaching and to do monthly lives and to the point now where we're hosting our first retreat. We talk a lot about belief. And yes, I believe belief, I believe belief, that's a tough one, is one of the most important traits in the world. 
but it also has to increase as your results increase. It would be a very blanketed statement for me to say belief is one of the most important traits, 100%. But belief is on a sliding scale. I believe more in myself now than I ever have, but that's also required for me to do the next thing. I probably do not believe in myself enough in this moment to step in, uh, on stage in front of 20,000 people. I'm not there. I need to do more speeches. Hopefully not 150. Hopefully it's like 20 or 30. Hopefully that number comes down. But as you continue on in life, I think your belief has to increase as well because when your opportunities do, you have to keep saying yes. I have just tried to say yes every time, regardless of my uncertainty or my lack of clarity or my lack of belief because my belief is increasing as I continue this journey. You need to have that. And the only way to do it is to say yes to opportunities that are just outside of your comfort zone. They're the ones that are in your learning zone. And the reason I say increasing belief, expanding belief, because your comfort zone is going to expand and your learning zone is going to expand. So you have to keep saying yes to those opportunities because that's where you grow the most. So my third point, increasing belief. Maybe right now you have a level four belief. Let's get it to level five. It doesn't have to get to level 10. Let's get it to level five, and then five and a half. And then it'll be there for a while until you do that next thing. And you'll say, you know what? I, yeah, level six. Now let me do a level six challenge. And then a level six and a half and a seven. And then you'll get to whatever your next level is, whatever your optimal level is, but you have to continue expanding your belief zone. Hello, my name is Eddie Pinero. I'm the founder of Your World Within. And I wanted to take a second and just express how valuable working with Alan has been, uh, both personally and professionally. I think uh, his ability to help me create clarity and, and maintain focus on my big picture goals has been huge. Um, but also, and this is just as important, you know, he's been a huge asset with the roadmap as well the day-to-day -day things, the little things that we sometimes overlook. Uh, and those two things in tandem have been a huge lift and uh, just a tremendous return on investment. And I think anyone looking to, um, you know, grow themselves, grow uh, a business or, or both, um, you know, would truly benefit from having Alan as an ally along the way. Uh, again, great mind, but more importantly, solid dude. Kevin and I, uh, we unpacked the studio this past weekend and I was walking with Kev. We were walking to the dumpster and I said, Kev, you know, this, we're coming up on a thousand episodes. We're leaving the studio. We're going completely virtual. You know, we're projected for the next 12 months to do a half a million in revenue. We've got a 16 person team. It's all awesome. So many of our dreams that we once talked about, thought about, masterminded about, believed in have come true. And we're still in the very beginning. But I told him, I said, Kev, this would have been really hard for me. I said, my favorite part of this journey is the fact that I get to look back at father passed away when I was two, stepfather from three to 14, stepfather left my family when, we, when, he, when I was 14, my sister left, um, you know, I was the man of the house at 14 years old in some capacities, and all the hardship, we went from customizing a quarter million dollar yacht to literally I got free lunch at school because we had such low income, and I had to get straight A's in high school so I could get scholarships and financial aid because they don't give financial aid to not promising students. And it was so hard. I remember I had to write, you know, letters to get financial aid to get no interest loans. And it was actually really sad to tell a lot of that, those stories about my father's death and all that stuff. 
And I'm very grateful that I did get financial aid and I did get scholarships and I got to go to my dream school and I got to meet all those incredible people. It's like unbelievable. Uh, but one of the best parts about achieving all these dreams for me is looking back at where we came from. You know, two boys without fathers who grew up in, you know, lower, uh, let's just say we didn't have anything handed to us. And I turned to Kev and I said, Kev, this would have been ridiculously, I, I never could have built a business with someone who had entitlement. I never could have built a business with someone who grew up spoiled. I just couldn't. Because this third character trait is so important. It's so important and it's especially important to me because I I have had to fight and claw and earn my way for everything I've got. And I remember being in college and I had no money and my mom literally would like clean our apartment because I had roommates who had money because we needed money. And I moved back home to from LA to try to help my family keep the home and I could go on and on. But I said, Kev, for me, it's always going to be looking back at where we came from. You know, statistically speaking, we both grew up without fathers and, and grew up in a small town and, and look at what we're capable of. And so this third point is so deeply meaningful to me and I hope it lands for everybody. Zero entitlement and a deep desire to earn it to earn all that you achieve. I've always, I told Kevin this early in her journey and um, I've never shared this, I don't think, but one of my mentors offered a million dollars. He basically said, Alan, if I were to give you a million dollars, what could you turn it into in five years? And he, essentially what he was saying is like, I know private equity firm people who, there's no shortage of projects. This was his words. There's no shortage of projects, but there is a shortage of great entrepreneurs. You're a great entrepreneur. What could you do with that kind of money? Let me introduce you to my my friends. And I told Kevin, I would rather earn it than just be handed it. And obviously an investment, you're not just handed it. Of course you, you know, obviously need to like work really hard to make that investment back and they get percent equity. And there's a whole thing about that. But my point is, is I told Kevin early on, I said, I want to earn success more than I want to be handed success. I, I am not entitled to success. You, you never own it. The rent is due every day. You never own success. And so um, that's number three, zero entitlement and a deep desire to earn everything that you achieve. And I wrote an article one time called The Powerball Mentality. And it was essentially this idea that if you play Powerball, subconsciously you want huge rewards for minimal effort. And unless you're astronomically lucky, that's a recipe for, for not success. That's a recipe for failure, in my opinion. Wanting massive rewards for minimal effort is a recipe for failure. It really is. You can work smart. I understand that. People say work smart, not hard. Yeah, but hard work, especially in the beginning, is absolutely critical. So um, zero entitlement and a deep burning desire to want to earn it and to earn everything that you that you achieve, I think that's really important. What's your definition of entitlement? Um, a, a deep belief that you deserve things by default with very little effort. Yeah, I did a, uh, you know, I don't, this isn't a huge deal, but it's kind of a, a pretty massive deal. Back before Facebook Live was a thing, I did a, you know, I did a, a video on Facebook about <laughs> you, do you deserve happiness? You really deserve what you work for, so. I watched it. I know, that I was one of the reasons that was one of my I worked favorite. together. Yep. 
I knew that. that. I was like, I'm going to prime my mind here for somebody who can help me accomplish my dreams that I don't have yet. Let me put this Facebook video (laughs) over work. Kev, if I gave you a million dollars, what could you turn it into in five years? I could turn it into a million dollars in my bank account and a trip to somewhere you'd never find me again. That's (laughs) I would have taken the money. Just kidding. I'm sure I probably said that, though. Like, hey, what do you maybe we take a run at it? You know, <laughs> yeah, man. a mill. Give a it lot. a shot. Yeah, it's that's a lot. Um, I've made this joke many times. I, I when I used to work back in the day at the gas station, as you know, I used to pump gas. People would come in, and it would be like eighty-five degrees, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god, this is so nice! I'm so happy it's not winter anymore." And I used to say, "Yeah, until it's ninety-five, and then you'll be complaining." Like we are, we're always complaining. We're human beings. We're always complaining. And then when it's 30, you're like, oh, I wish it was 90. When you're 90, uh, when it's 90, you're like, oh, it's too hot. The extremes are no place to live. It was 75 degrees the other day, and my window in my office was open, and it was the most beautiful thing in the world, and I loved it. There was a nice breeze coming in. But it's 90 out right now, and it's a little warm. The extremes are no place to live. For many people, you'll say, hey, how's it going? And they'll say, it's, everything's perfect. Everything is absolutely amazing, best it's ever been. I couldn't ask for anything else. I'm just super happy. I'm super content. There's other people where you say, hey, how's, how's everything going? Oh, man, everything sucks. I, I need more. I need better. I just I haven't made enough progress. I need to keep going. I need to keep grinding. I need all of these things to happen. I think, and I'm not going to say balance, but one of the things that we talk about often is grateful ambition. This came from, I think it was Ed Milet who said grateful dissatisfaction. I don't like dissatisfaction. I like ambition. Grateful ambition. I am grateful for what I have. So I'm on that end of, I'm, I'm not content, but I'm very happy. I'm very grateful for everything that we have created. I'm grateful for a thousand episodes. I'm grateful for all the listens and the money and the countries and all that. I'm very, very grateful. But I am also very, very ambitious to make sure we continue going and actually accomplish what we set out for. There is a balance there. And I'm not saying it the balance term of, you hear that a lot, Alan, like the negative balance. Like, oh, it's all, life's about balance. Um, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what I am saying is, You can't rest on the success you have, but you can't forget about the progress you've made. And I think that's the only sustainable version of it where, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy we have a nice place and I'm happy for the studio and the camera and all that. I'm grateful for all those things. Those are the things I once wanted, but I'm also hungry for what I still want and I do not have yet. So grateful ambition, I believe, is something that most people have one or the other. They're either hyper-focused on ambition or they're hyper-focused on gratitude. Either one is a good place to start, but you got to have both. If you lose the hunger, then you're not going to end up having the life that you want. If you lose the gratitude, you're never going to realize that you made it to where you want to make it. Eminem has a quote. We're getting a lot of Eminem shout-outs today. Alan and I recorded our episodes. I think we had two or three. I think it's in Rap God. Uh full of myself, but still hungry is one of the lines he used full of myself, AKA saying grateful ambition. That's my, <laughs> that's my fourth point. Strong work, Sh- brother. Shout out to Eminem. He knows self-improvement in a nutshell. I heard a quote once that said, um, the, the most intelligent people in the world can hold two seemingly opposing ideas in their consciousness at the same time. Very, very important. And that's gratitude, grateful for everything you have and have achieved while simultaneously aspiring to more. And that can be really difficult to harmonize, but 
I always say this, if you're grateful for your health, prove it by building it. Build your health. You're grateful for your business, prove it by building it. You're grateful for your relationship, prove it by building it, right? You can prove gratitude through action. As a matter of fact, if you're grateful for your health and you're just saying that, but you're not taking care of your health, you're not actually grateful. And and I've been there too, so I've been guilty of that as well, but it's super important to understand that. Can I, can I add real quick, Alex? Oh, yeah, man. I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and she was asking about my philosophy for self-improvement or the business or the brand. And I said, well, our, our thing is to help our community get better every day, a little bit better every day. And she said, why better though? And I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, isn't better kind of like suggesting that you're not good enough? And I was like, oh, okay. I see where we're going here. I said, intrinsically, I believe all humans are, I don't want to say all humans, but yeah. I mean, intrinsically, when we're put here, we all have the same value. We all have the same worth. But it doesn't mean you can't get better. And this is exactly what I said. I said, uh, we talk about the fact that you should be grateful for who you are and, and how far you've come and what you've accomplished and your opportunities and all of those things. But you also have the opportunity to be ambitious for more. And that is what we mean when we say we want to help our community get better, 1% better to the next level. It, it doesn't just mean we want them to accomplish more. We want them to reflect. We want them to appreciate. We want them to have gratitude for. And I think it's just that holistic approach that most people don't have. I think most people are just one or the other. I really do. More now than ever. More now than ever where I get asked that a lot on podcasts of like, oh, you guys are like the grind culture. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sustainable, grateful ambition. You have to be happy for what you have, but you also have to go on to what you want or you're not going to end up happy. You're not going to end up happy. I think that's the only way to end up happy. Okay. Yeah, as human beings, we're supposed to build. We yeah. really are. Build, you know, build our lives, build our relationships, build our communities, build our future. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Progress is is a beautiful thing, and don't let anyone say otherwise. Number four. This one's gonna be tough to explain, but I'm gonna give it a shot. An understanding of math and statistics plus long-term strategic thinking. This is my fourth character trait for next level life. I remember my friend growing up and I used to play a game called Stratego. Do you know what Stratego is? No. Ever hear of it? Okay, so it's a board game, essentially. It's kind of set up like Guess Who, except except uh, it's kind of like set up, I, I sh- a better analogy would be chess. You can't see the other person's players, and there's a flag. It's kind of like Capture the Flag, but in chess slash checkers type of board. Sounds terrible. It's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> so essentially each piece has a number from zero to 10 and you have a spy as well. And your goal is to capture their flag. But if you have a level five piece, that's like, I don't know, a, a Marine and you run into the general, the general kills the Marine. And so you have to be very strategic with where, which pieces, and you have to remember which pieces were which so that you can make sure you protect your flag and get their flag. So it's called Stratego for a reason. Because it's a strategy game that requires a ton of um, thinking. It's it's a really analytical game, similar to chess, where you have to think like 10 moves ahead in order to win. And my buddy Kiki growing up, we had a treehouse that we used to play Stratego in, and he's so good at chess and so good at Stratego, it's not even funny. He's He's got a really good strategic mind. He's actually... Um, in electronics and he actually is the one you call to trouble troubleshoot shoot your um, industrial automation equipment which is really cool but anyways so essentially 
if you don't understand mathematics, you don't understand the compound effect, you don't understand statistics, and you and you don't have long-term strategic thinking, it's going to be very difficult for you to think 10 moves ahead. It's going to be very difficult for you to make sure your future 10 years from now is bright. Like, do you have your retirement set up? Do you know when you're going to retire? Do you, do you know what age you want to live to? The average is 74 for females, 72 for men, and I think that will increase exponentially over time as you know, for, for us younger people, because technology is proliferating. But my point here for number four is this. One of the character traits of success is long-term strategic thinking. It, it's, it's an understanding of probabilities. If you can't calculate, so Kevin's been doing a lot of sports betting lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the sports bet you talked to me about today? Oh, the Celtics. Shout out to the Celtics. We live in New England. The Celtics played the Miami Heat, and you were betting on over or under... 198 points scored. And so you bet that they'd be over? I bet over. I bet over. Final score was 196. I lost. Okay. So why did you bet over? I was looking at some statistics, (laughs) (laughs) and I looked at the previous six games, and I think most of them were over. So I went over. So... Essentially, what he was doing was calculating the past and then predicting the future based on it. It's called scientists call this projecting. So you can you can analyze the past and then typically predict the future. So, for example, if if a business has a really good five year track record and they're increasing in revenue every year and they're profitable and they have a great leader and you can predict they're most likely going to be successful. So when you invest in a company, you're essentially investing in their future success. But you can't do that successfully if you don't understand business. If you don't understand math, if you don't understand finance, if you don't understand numbers and statistics. And and so, for example, I, I told Kev recently, we've been in business for five years and the percentage of businesses that are still around in five years is actually really low. It's really, really low. I think only like 80% of businesses succeed more than five years. So, uh, or, I'm sorry, 20%. So 80% fail within five years. And I'm, I'm not 100% on that statistic as of late, so don't quote me on that, but I know it's very rare. Uh, one in five people that that start businesses typically aren't still standing in five years. So we've done something really wonderful, but I only know that because of statistics and because of data and because of my analysis of that data. So that's number four. You need to have an understanding of math, statistics, and long-term strategic thinking. And that's one of the character traits for a next level life for sure. I'm going to hammer this one quickly. I was back in the day when I was working at my old job, I was in the country of Connecticut, not the country of Connecticut, the state of Connecticut, but the country part of Connecticut. They have like some very scenic woodsy parts in Connecticut. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So the country of Connecticut. And I was, we stayed in this crappy hotel out in the middle of nowhere and I didn't like it very much. But I remember one day I had my pre-workout in my my shaker cup and I walked outside. I don't think I was wearing a shirt. I was going to get my shirt out of the truck and I was getting ready for the gym. And there was these construction workers across the hall and they came out and one of the guys was like, Hey, what, are you going to the gym? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm headed down to the gym. And he asked a little bit about how long I'd been working out and if I had competed and all that. And I remember he said, he said, I used to look just like you. And I was like, Oh, nice man. Nice, nice. Right on. And this person didn't. And again, I don't mean this with any judgment. This person didn't look anything like I did at the time. Now, the reason I say, I don't mean that with any judgment, Alan and I, I I'll speak for myself. I've had that moment recently of, oh shit, I don't look the way I used to look either. Interesting. That's not ideal. Same. So the last point I have, staying power. Life-changing results take a lifetime. Alan and I have not been on fitness as much as we used to be. 
Hence, mm -hmm. and again, I'll speak for myself, but that's why I don't have the results. If I kept doing what I was doing, I would have said the same thing. I would have said, yeah, I used to look like that. I, yeah, here's a picture for me when I was 26. I used to look like that. But I didn't have the staying power to make sure I prioritize fitness and nutrition and health for the next 20 years. So I'm not in as good a shape as I once was. And staying power is the key to long-term success. Last thing I'll say on this. We did an episode recently where we were talking about, or was it last week's live? We were talking about Sonic, the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Is that last week's live? I don't remember when it was. No, it was an episode. An episode. Oh. We were talking about restaurants and how the restaurants who are the most successful are usually the ones that just last the longest. They have the staying power. Colonel Sanders, the guy who made KFC or he had the famous recipe, I'm pretty sure he was rejected like a thousand times before he finally made it and got the recipe bought and went on to be somewhat wealthy before he passed away shortly thereafter. Staying power, the ability to show up and last longer than anybody else in your own respective fields. Now, that could be relationships, that could be health, that could be wealth. It's a lot of different things. But if you can't last in the long run, you will not have the most next level version of your life. Everybody think of a person uh, in their life that they've met that always avoids challenges. They're constantly in their comfort zone and they, they don't seek challenge. They're not trying to get better. They're really just kind of complacent with what is. And, and again, that's their prerogative. That's their choice. Okay. Now think of someone who seeks challenge. They want to grow. They want to learn. They want challenge. They are ignited by challenge. When there's a challenge, they get excited. Think of that person. Now, if you were to extrapolate 5, 10, 15 years from now, which one do you think statistically is going to be more successful and have a better life? A better home, a better business, or a better career, a better body. There is no version of seeking comfort and having extraordinary results. Now, you can seek comfort sometimes, of course, right? Of course. We all do. I love chocolate milk, and I love movies, and I love, you know... My vices too. Um, I wouldn't call them vices. I'd, I'd call them guilty pleasures. And we all have them, okay? So you don't have to be disciplined and strategic thinking and achieving every second. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is point number five, someone who seeks challenge and wants to maximize their potential. I was, I was uh, watching yesterday with my mom. We were watching Man in the Arena with Tom Brady. It's a docuseries. And Tom Brady has three sisters and his three sisters were interviewed. And one of the sisters said, you know, it's really special when you meet someone who really does mean it when they when they invest a thousand percent. I'm pretty sure she used the word a thousand percent of their time and energy and effort into becoming better every day. That's like a like he doesn't just say it. He really does that every single day. And Tom Brady is someone who seeks challenge. He wants challenges. And that's why he has more Super Bowl victories than any entire team. And you can't imagine achieving that level of success if you avoid challenges. And so number five is someone who seeks challenge and wants to maximize their potential. He opens that docuseries up saying, for as, for as long as I can remember, I've just always wanted to maximize my potential. And that's actually why, Kev, you suggested that I watch it. Mm. Um, and there's been several people who suggest that I watch it. And that's number five. 
If you are a comfort seeker, that's okay. I'm not making you wrong. What I am saying is that if you want a next level life, you're going to have to overcome that. And I'm not saying you need level 10 maximizing your potential. I'm not saying you need level 10 seeking challenges. As a matter of fact, do not seek level 10 challenges if you're confident at a level two. If you're confident at a level two, maybe try a level three challenge. And if you're confident at level three, maybe try a level four challenge. It's just like a video game. You know, don't start the game playing on legendary. Play on easy and then try medium and then try hard. Otherwise, you're going to get your butt kicked and put the game down because you don't like it. It's because you're way too far outside your comfort zone. You're in the anxiety zone. But you can seek a strategic challenge, and I think that's really important. I stay on easy mode in my video games so I can dominate. (laughs) (laughs) Next level, Nation. As you can see below, if you're watching this live or the repurpose, if you're listening, you can't. But we are doing the giveaway again for the month of June, where if you leave us a review, screenshot it, send it to myself, to Alan, Amy, Jenna, just send it to somebody and we'll find it. We'll enter you into a drawing to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We will send it off to you. No questions asked. It helps us find more awesome people like you and it helps awesome people like you find us. So please do it if you're interested and you feel like we've added value to your life. If you struggle to grow and scale your business or you're thinking about starting a business, join me on a free half hour strategy session. I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to try to sell you my coaching. I am just going to have you tell me what your objective is, your most important objective, and I'm going to help you strategize on how to achieve that with or without me. Please book a 30 minute call in the show notes. I adore meeting our listeners. It's so cool to meet people from all over the world. And I always learn a lot too, because I get to learn different industries and different cultures and different goals and different people. So thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. So make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid and Alan is at Alazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.